0: let's go ahead and go to the book of 1st Chronicles chapter 13 1st Chronicles chapter 13 uh, well, tonight I, I normally don't like to do this but um, I don't know I guess I just kind of felt led to do this tonight you know me um, I like you know good Bible preaching where there's just a lot that you where I'm learning something about the Bible and you know and I like a good testimony too and you got some sometimes you'll hear a message and it's just all Bible all reading and then you hear and and, and that's fine You know, as long as you're learning something but then there's some where the guys just get up and they tell stories the whole time and they never really teach you any Bible you don't really learn anything you just learn that guy's a really good storyteller but um and I I don't I don't normally don't tell a whole lot of stories but tonight I I'd like to you know I want to share a few just um uh, I guess you know the Lord kind of wet it on my heart Really just to, I guess, basically kind of give a testimony tonight And the message I want to preach to you This is actually one of the last messages that I preached um, in my old church before we came out here I know before, um, I remember kind of when the Lord really started speaking to me about starting a church um, I remember I was actually mowing my grass one day I was still there in LaSalle and I don't, you know, it was it was an, it was a nice day out. I was looking at my house and uh, just thinking about how the Lord had blessed. And I my that big blue van out there that's not the most pretty thing right now. It was a little little prettier when I got it four years ago. And um, you know we got we got a real good deal on it. It was like the first vehicle we ever paid cash for. And you know, I was just feeling real thankful. And the Lord had blessed us financially. I felt. And I remember just kind of the question came to my mind, or you it felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It's like, you know, you're feeling very thankful right now serving me. You enjoy serving me right now because you are very blessed. And it was like the question came, you know, how would you feel if I asked you to give it all up? You know, if what if you know, what if I called you to go start a church somewhere, and you know, in that little nest egg you have, you know, ended up getting wiped out, and you know that you this house and this that you live in with the nice big yard out in the country, you know, you had to give those things up. You know, would you still feel like you feel now, enjoy serving me, and feel like it's good serving the Lord? And you know, and I felt like you know, I think you know, I like to think that I would. And I, I, you know, and I basically told the Lord that, hey, you want me to do it, I'll do it. And it was only a matter of time, short time later, and I did it. And you know, we moved to a house in town. Uh, you know, that nest egg gone real fast. Um, you know, the uh, debt free we had been enjoying for a few years kind of uh, changed pretty quick. And uh, and you know, what now. Like I said, long story short, you know, now. I feel like we're kind of going back the other way. Now we've got our house out in the country again. You know, the Lord helped us buy a house over a year ago, and uh, you know, but said so there and there's been so many, uh, I guess, adventures along this way. And there's so many blessings I could talk about, but before I do, I want us to read a couple of verses from First Chronicles chapter thirteen because the Lord really used this passage of scripture for me before I left, it really helped me out and I guess it really helped confirm with me that I'm doing the right thing and I'm in the right place where God wants me to be. And it says in verse 13, So David brought not the ark home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark remained with the family of Obed-Edom in the house three months and the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. Now you might remember the story here. This is where they were carrying the ark of the covenant, and they weren't carrying it the way they were supposed to carry it. And the ox stumbled, and the ark started to fall. And Uzzah, trying to do the, you know, trying to save the ark, he reached out his hand and he grabbed a hold of it to steady it. And when he did, it angered the Lord, and he killed him. And David, of course, uh, he's thinking, you know, what's going on here? And they got a little spooked, and so they stopped transporting the ark. And they left it in the house of Obed Edom. And I remember, you know, I, I'd always read that story when I was growing up. I remember reading about that story and about Obed Edom having that and how when it was in his house, the Lord blessed him. I remember when I was a kid, you know, uh, we, was, we were talking about the Ark of the Covenant with my dad. And I remember my dad was taught, he was, I didn't really know the story then. I think this is probably when I first learned the story. And I had said something about, you know, what would you do with the Ark of the Covenant? Dad was like, well, I'd want it in my house. And I was like, why is that? And he mentioned, you know, Obed Edom and how the Lord blessed everything that was in his house there. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then I remember I'd read that story and I would think how Obed Edom got blessed during that time. But then if you go on and read, eventually they ended up taking the ark from Obed Edom and they brought it to Jerusalem like they were supposed to. And I remember thinking, if I was Obed Edom, I'd be like, don't take that ark of the covenant you know hey i would be i'd be disappointed seeing that thing go. He knew that he was blessed because that Ark of the Covenant was in his house, and I thought, boy, that had to be disappointing that day when the Ark of the Covenant left his house was no longer there, and probably with the Ark of the Covenant with the blessings of the Lord and i and you know and you know thankfully, these days we now have the uh, you know technology of you know quick searches we can do of things in the Bible. And I went and I I searched Obed-Edom. I wanted to find out a little more about this guy and kind of learn about him. And I noticed some things about Obed-Edom. I never really noticed. He's mentioned several other times in the Bible. And it's very interesting whenever you see Obed-Edom mentioned. Because remember the Ark of the Covenant, I believe the Ark of the Covenant was a symbol and it was a picture of the presence of God. It was a picture of the presence of God. And you know, there's always a blessing when you're in the presence of God. There's always a blessing there. And that Ark of the Covenant, it was there, it was always supposed to be in the center of wherever the children of Israel were camped at when they were wandering through the wilderness. We always want God to be the center of everything we do. We want God's presence to be near because when there is, there's going to be blessings and so Obed-Edom, he's got this Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God is there in his house. The very symbol of it. The very presence of God. And they take it away. It seems like a disappointment. But notice in 1 Chronicles 15, verse 18, it says, And with them their brethren of the second degree, Zechariah, ben Jeziel, Shemiramoth, and Jehiel, Unai, Eliah, Benaiah, Messiah, Methaniah, a lot of weird names, and Obed-Edom and Jehiel, the porters. Alright, notice Obed Edom is mentioned again. He was a porter. Alright, a porter, they were kind of like uh, basically a janitor, is what they were. They were a janitor for the house of the Lord. One of the things we see is Obed Edom, before he lives away from Jerusalem, he's there you know, along the road, but now, just a couple chapters later, when they're naming all the people that worked around the house of the Lord, we see Obed Edom found himself a job as a janitor near the Ark of the Covenant. We see that Obed Edom, he didn't say, Well, there goes the presence of God. You know what he did? He followed it. He went after it. He went and did whatever he could for the Ark. He was just basically a janitor. But you know what he didn't stop right he didn't stop there if we look in verse twenty one of the same chapter and I'm going to be doing a lot of weird names. I'm just going to say them. I'm probably not pronouncing them right. But it says a and Eliphatha, whatever, and Obed-Edom. And Jael, Azaza with harps on the shiminith to excel. One of the things that they always had around the house of the Lord, uh, around the tabernacle, around the ark of the covenant, they had music. They had music, and we see Obed Edom. He was one of the musicians. It mentions the Shemineth. I looked up a Shemineth. I was wondering what a Sheminith is. A Shemineth, It's uh, according to the definition I read, it was an eight-stringed wire. L Y R E, eight strings. I thought that was a mandolin. He played a man. He played a mandolin. <laughs> and, uh, that's what I call. I like. I like that type of music. I, I used to always think it was, you know. Try to associate the stringed instruments with banjos and things. I love banjo music, but uh, I haven't found what I can call a banjo in the Bible. I think we found a mandolin. So, um, but he played one of those. Did whatever he could. He wanted to be around the Ark of the Lord. He he got involved in the music. He was one of the musicians for it. He was a doorkeeper. Verse twenty four of chapter fifteen. And Shebaniah and Jehoshaphat, Nethaniel, Amaziah, Zechariah, Beniah, and Eleazar the priest did blow with the trumpets before the ark of God. And Obed-Edom and Jehiah were doorkeepers for the ark. I notice a doorkeeper. Now that's probably... I don't know everything about the tabernacle and how it worked and all the jobs. I'm not an expert on that. But I do know that only the high priest could go in where the ark of the covenant was. So I'm going to say if he was a doorkeeper, what he, that probably was as close as you could get without being the high priest. So Obed-Edom, he, he wants to not only do whatever he can. He's, I'll, I'll be a janitor. I just want to work around the Ark of the Covenant. I'll be a musician. Hey, I can add to the music. Be there for it. That's fine. But hey, that doorkeeper job, you know, he wanted to get as close as he could to the presence of God. Also, if you jump over to chapter 26, chapter 26 of 1 Chronicles, chapter 26, verse 1, it says, Concerning the division of the porters of the Korites was Meshelemiah the son of Korah, the son of Asaph. So this is talking about the porters. It's naming all these people. And you know, and these, chap- these verses we're reading in Chronicles, these are some of those, you know, let's just be honest, we'll call boring. Chapters sometimes that are really hard to read that we just kind of skim over. But, there's some interesting stuff in there when you pay attention to who these people are and how Obed-Edom keeps popping up. But then verse 4, it says, Moreover, the sons of Obed-Edom were Shemaiah the firstborn, Jehozabad the second, Joah the third, Sachar the fourth, Nathaniel the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Isaacar the seventh, Peolthei the eighth, for God blessed him. So this is years later, but notice who's still being blessed. Obed Edom. Look at all these sons that God's given him. Why? Because the Lord blessed him. God continued to bless him, and the next generation continued to follow in his footsteps. Look at verse 6, also unto Shemiah his sons were born that ruled throughout the house of their father, for they were mighty men of valor. This is talking about Obed-Edom's son and the sons that he bore. So his grandsons, the sons of Shemaiah, Othni, Raphael, and Obed, Elzabad, whose brethren were strong men, Elihu, Semachiah, all these of the sons of Obed-Edom, they and their sons and their brethren, able men for strength for the service, were threescore and two, of Obed-Edom. Sixty-two sons that he has, all servants that worked around the house of the Lord. All servants that worked near the presence of God. You know what I believe happened with Obed-Edom that day? Or during that time when the Ark of the Covenant was in his house? I mean, he did. He, He discovered something that day. He discovered... Just the blessing of being in the presence of God, I mean it was almost like i mean he made, he made this deep discovery that, that he was determined hey i 'm going to tell my family about this i 'm going to teach my sons this, and he, I believe he told his boys up listen, boys, let me tell you about what it was like before the Ark of the Covenant came into my life before the presence of God was in my life. And let me tell you about what happened during that time when it was there. And you know what? For the last year, several years, I've just been trying to stay as close as I can. And the Lord has blessed me. And He gave them all those sons and He gave them all those grandsons that were mighty men of valor. And He taught them to be servants. God continued to bless His family. Verse 12 of chapter 26 says, "...among these were the divisions of the porters, even among the chief men, having wards one against another, to minister in the house of the Lord." And they cast lots as well as small as the great, according to the house of their fathers, for every gate, and the lot eastward fell to Shelemiah. then for Zechariah, his son, a wise counselor, they cast lots, and his lot came out northward to obed Edom southwards, and to his sons the house of Asuppham. all right now that's another thing too that you know, I'm just going to be honest, I didn't know what that was when I first read that, but you know I thought you know, obed Edom trying to find out about him, and basically that house that was. The house of the treasures. They got put in the house in charge of really all the treasures of the temple. Which I'm going to have to assume included their most precious treasure that they had, the Ark of the Covenant. They Notice how they cast lots for who got those jobs, but notice who seemed to get probably the best job. The sons of Obed-Edom. This guy, he figured out that being in the presence of God was the greatest place to be and where the blessings were at. I mean, really, who doesn't want to be blessed? Who doesn't want to see I mean, the blessing of God? I'm not just talking about spiritual blessings. We're talking physical blessings, material blessings here, family blessings. I mean, all the sons and the grandsons that God gave Him because He was just blessed. And I'm here today to tell you that I believe the place to find the presence of God, obviously we can't get the Ark of the Covenant in our house, and even if you did have the Ark of the Covenant in your house today, I really don't. I, I don't believe that that was is going to make the difference today. I, I don't. Uh, the Lord uh, is working different with that than he did now. I think if we touched it now, we probably wouldn't die. Um, you know, now we can approach the throne of grace boldly because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. But so, but the presence of God, though, I believe one of the best places you can find that is in the house of God. And not just in the house of God, but in when you are in service in the house of God. Notice Obed-Edom, he didn't just he didn't just go to church. He didn't just go to the tabernacle. He wanted to get close to the action. He wanted to be a part of it. He wanted to serve, and that's exactly what he did. He wanted to just get as close to where these things were as possible. Many people these days, when it comes to church, it's like they want to do as little as possible. I mean, what's the minimum? These days when people ask, what must I do to be saved? They're not asking because they're desperate for salvation and just you know wanting so bad to see their sins. You know, what do I have to do to be saved? Do I have to go to church? Do I have to be a good person? And obviously those aren't what save you, but notice the attitude though that people have. Because they're not really looking. You know, I just I don't want to go to hell, but whatever I have to do. I mean, and you know, if you told some of these people it cost a hundred bucks to get to heaven, they probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, that's how little. I mean, that's how little people even care. But I'm here today to tell you that the blessing of God, I believe, for us today, where we find is in the service in the house of the Lord in the, in the church. I I, and I say in my own life, you know, and just, just some testimonies, you know, I was privileged to grow up in a pastor's home. I mean, I grew up like Obed Edom's children, just around church all the time. I mean it was it was all I knew. And I'm telling you, I know what growing up, I mean I I did I always knew I was a blessed person. Sometimes I almost would feel bad about it because you know, I would see just the differences I guess in my life, and maybe maybe some of my friends. I mean, the Lord just really seemed to be blessing, and I'm not even talking financially and all that. You know, we never had the nicest cars or the best houses, but I mean, just really felt blessed and just little things that God would do. You know, one of the things I remember just when I was a little kid. You know, as a little kid, you know, I took preaching really personally. I didn't think it was just for the adults. And I remember when I was a kid, I think I told you about before. I had a watch that I, there was a watch I wanted so bad. You know, it was a $30 watch, which when you're eight or nine years old, might as well be a million. But I wanted that watch so bad. My mom had a catalog that had it in. I would look at that all the time. Just like, man, if I could only get my hands on $30. And I started saving up for that. And I was determined, I think I got up to about $10. Okay? Maybe $5. Uh, it, it, well, it, I didn't get up real high, but, you know, that was a pretty good amount my age. Uh, and, you know, I remember. Feeling like the Lord told me, you know what? Why don't you just put that in the offering? And I did. I put it in the offering. And I remember, right after that, I was talking to one of the teenagers in the church, and I was telling him, I was like, man, you should see this watch that I'm wanting to get. I'm telling him all about this watch. I'm explaining in detail to him, and he's just like, I've got that watch. You do? You got mail? You got? I, you know, I, I thought this. I already thought this guy was. You know something, and then I found he had that watch. He was really cool. I was like, "Man, that's awesome!" I was like, "How come you're not wearing?" It? I was like, ah. "He's like, I never wear it." He's like, "You can have it. I'll bring it. I'll bring it to church next week." Really? And oh man, I was excited. And sure enough, he showed up the next week. He had that watch, and it was the exact watch I wanted, that I got for free. And you know, I believe God was in on that. I believe I believe that God did that. I mean, there's so many stories. That I could tell. I mean, I told you, you know, just recently that you know the job at Walmart. How the Lord did not answer my prayer when I tried to transfer to one job because He knew down the road that. I, I mean, listen. I worked at Walmart Distribution Center in Spring Valley for five years. That whole time I was there, I never saw a part-time job open up. I never did. I always wanted one because I wanted to go work in the church more, but you know they weren't ready to pay me full time, and a part-time job never came open there. And then when I came out here. And I started this job. It was my hope and prayer that after a year and a half, that somehow I could get a part-time job there instead of full-time. I mean, that was that was my hope and prayer and my plan. But that whole time I was there, I never saw any about any part-time jobs. I was hoping there would be. I was I was and I, I wanted there to be part-time jobs so bad. And not going to go into the whole story, but right when I need, I mean, I'm not. I am not kidding. I had gotten a phone call from uh, Eric, the other guy I worked for, and he'd left a voicemail saying, "Man, I really need you to do more on this job." But uh, you know, there was, he, you know, you know, I had that Walmart job, and I wasn't ready to, you know, there's a lot of things. It's complicated. I Don't want to get go into all the details of it. But I remember I'm sitting, and I'm thinking, "What am I going to do? Do I just quit the job and just hope this works out?" You know, it's like, man, I would just love that part-time job. I'm not kidding. I was on. My, I was driving when I heard that voicemail, and I was going to call him when I got to where I was going. And I and I I remember while I was on the way there, I got an email. I get an email whenever new job openings come up, and there was I got an email for a part time job opening, the first one that I have seen since I'd been there. And I didn't know the details of it, but I went to work the next day, to find out, and sure enough, I mean it was, I mean the perfect. Schedule, I mean, exactly what I needed. I mean, it was, that was so specific. I mean, it just blew my mind. That was, that was God. And, I mean, there's there's so many other things. When I first went on full, uh, when I not long after I'd gone full time at Lighthouse, you know, I wasn't getting paid a whole lot of money. But I remember I finally got an office. I had this junky little corner where I did everything. But they they built the new gymnasium, new classrooms, and I had an office. And it finally got finished. But I didn't have anything for it. I needed a desk. I needed bookshelves and things. And I didn't have the money for it. And but you know what? All of a sudden, a guy that. Little, just a couple doors down from the church he was getting ready to reduce roofing and stuff and asked if I'd be willing to come out and help him he'd pay me so I could make some extra money and I was able to do that and got the money to buy everything I needed for my office I mean and I could just I could go on and on and tell you stories like that I mean just things we've seen here recently just you know the parking lot out here we we've talked about that before we knew we needed to do something with it this last winter it was absolutely horrible and we're and we knew we had to do something but knew it cost a fortune and we just didn't have it and then somebody just comes and says you know that that knows the need and wants to give money for it and the lord provided for it like that the way the lord provided this church building i mean you know blessings like that you don't even you, you can't even ask for a blessing like you feel bad asking for something like that you feel bad asking for something that big and yet the lord has blessed in all these areas, and I could just go on and on with the stories. And I remember one time I was when I was I was thinking, you know, what is the common denominator in all these things? What is it that you know? Why is the Lord blessing me? Because I know it's not me. But then, and it was like it hit me one day. I'm in the presence of God. You know, my life has been, and I'm not saying it's a bragging way. I was kind of born into it, but it's. I've just been around the house of God my whole life. I've been, you know, grew up in a house where we served the Lord. That was just that was a part of our life. It's what we did, and there are going to be blessings there. You get involved in the work of the Lord; God's going to take care of you. God's God's going to bless you. I remember right before we started this church, we hadn't started yet. We were out knocking on doors, inviting people, and I remember all of a sudden it hit me that. You know, at Lighthouse, I get a Christmas bonus every year that pays for most of our kids' Christmas presents and things. And I thought, I'm not going to get that this Christmas. And I'm like, man, I, so I, you know, and started to get worried about it. It's like the Lord told me, he's like, hey, you're doing what I want you to do. I'll take care of that." I'm not. I had. I mean, this was in August when the Lord when I. I think it's probably the devil that kind of got me worrying about that. That was in August, and then I just the Lord, Lord can take care of this thing. That day in August, I got a phone call from Pastor SM Davis in Lincoln, Illinois, and he had, uh, he asked me to come fill the pulpit for him. He just had the heart problems there, and he wanted me to tell his church uh, his church about what we were planning on doing out here. And I remember we went down there, and they uh, they took up or I, before I even preached got um, one of the things that he does up there. A lot of times, when he has a guest speaker, he'll have him and his family come up and stand up there and hold the offering plate, and has everybody come and give them the money. That's kind of what they do. And anyway, he called all my family up there, and he said, "You know what? Like, he's like, I think you know what I think we need to do." And this is in August, okay? He said, "We need to take care of their family's Christmas." That's what he said. And I remember when he said that, it, I knew what we were going to get in the offering. I thought, you know, I, that that bonus there was it was a, a six hundred dollar bonus. I would get, I thought we're going to get six hundred dollars, and sure enough, and what came in that offering it was, was six hundred and eleven dollars, that he rounded up to seven hundred, <laughs> and that was just that was what they gave us. And then uh, on top of that, he, after the service, he came with me. Mean, he said. He said, "Hey, no, our church, we've got you know, our mission fund. We want to help you. I just, talk, um, I just talked to our uh, missions group. And he said, well, what would you rather have? 200 a month for the next year or just a $2,400 lump sum? I was like, really? <laughs> and, and I said, could we do the lump sum? Because I was really wanting to get hymn books. For this, the hymn books for this church before we started. That's how we bought, that was one of the ways we bought these hymn books. That was the carpet that was in the nursery that we really wanted to get the flooring changed in there right away because kids were going to be crawling on and stuff. That that was how we got these song books. That's how we paid uh, for the carpet in the nursery and were able to do some other things. I mean, just blessings that stuff like that doesn't, I mean, it, it just doesn't happen when, you know, outside of the service of the Lord. But that's where it's at. That's where you get to see it. Sometimes the blessings are not necessarily for me personally, but I still get to see them. You know, the money's for the parking lot. That's not going into my pocket, but I get to see, I get to enjoy the blessings of it. I get to, you know, I get to see the Lord do that. I I get to, I get to watch that work. And uh, and I say all this too, and I mean, there's, I hope you don't think there's any boasting. There's no bless, uh, boasting going on here at all. This is what happens. In the service of God. This is what happens in the presence of God and anyone can be a part of it. You don't have to be the pastor. that edom he was not the high priest. He could say, you know, the high priest, they're the only one that gets to go into the Holy of Holies. And they're the only one that gets to go near the Ark of the Covenant. I might as well not even worry about it. No, he didn't do that. He said, well, what can I do? And he went and he got himself a job as a janitor. He went and got it, and then he went and started working as a musician. And he got to become a doorkeeper for the Ark of the Covenant. And you say, well, those aren't big things; Those aren't that great? But you know what? He got blessed big time because of it. He was servants. Notice the name Obed-Edom. The name Obed-Edom. The meaning of that name is servant of Edom. Servant of Edom. That's probably what he was before he started working around the house, of the Lord. He was a servant. From Edom, and I don't know if you noticed this, but I, uh, and the verses where it's naming off his children, when it gets to his grandchildren, you know what one of the names of his grandsons was? It was Obed. Obed, which just means servant. Not a servant, not Obed Edom like his grandfather, because he wasn't a servant to Edom, but he was a servant. And you know what? When I read that, when I when I noticed that, I thought, man, you know what? What I believe obed and that was all he ever was, was just a servant of God. Wasn't a big shot. Wasn't a big name and anything. He was just a servant of God. But he taught his children to be servants. He taught his children that humility and the very fact that his son continued in that, got his children and named his son after his father. Named his son with the meaning of the name servant. Told me that his not only did he pass on that line of work to his sons, but he passed on that love of just serving the Lord and that love of being a servant. It's not a bad thing being a servant of God. It's a great thing be a servant of God. And I believe that what I believe people are missing out when it comes to church these days when they have this attitude of just doing the smallest thing they possibly can and but I believe that I believe they're missing opportunities there are so many areas to serve in the church serving serving in the nursery well that's not that's not a big job that makes you look like something great that's That's menial work. That's difficult work sometimes. You know, being a Sunday school teacher or just you know just clean, whatever that is, those might not seem like big deals, but I believe there's blessings with those. I believe God takes care of his people. God takes care of his servants. And we live in a society today where everybody is just interested and doing whatever they can to serve themselves. People come to churches these days with the attitude of, what can that church do for me? What kind of services do you offer to people in this church? how can you serve me is the attitude and you know and listen you know, serving other people that's a that's really the people who get blessed in that are the servants not those being served and i believe that really if a person really wanted to be selfish and a person was really out to just get everything they could for themselves they'd get in the house of god and just get busy get active get involved i mean Obed Edom, he was at, I, I, just, I picture Obed Edom being at everything. You couldn't go to anything that was going on at the temple, and Obed Edom wasn't going to be there. He was going to be around for whatever happened. He was going to be close to it. I believe, I, I don't know, but I believe whenever they were they'd transport that ark of the covenant around, If I know they just had the six priests that would carry it, Obed-Edom, he couldn't have been one of those guys. But if there was people that they maybe needed along the way, maybe to just help clear the path or whatever, I guarantee you Obed-Edom was always there. Just follow along, just in case there's anything he can do to help. He just wanted to be close to where the action's at. And I believe the action is here. I believe it's here in the house of God. God is no respecter of persons. God God doesn't just bless me because I'm Tommy McMurtry. God will bless you just like he'll bless me just like he'll bless anybody else these blessings they could just as easily be yours you just the the difference is you just got to go where the blessings are at They're here in the church and I believe if you'll just follow the principle of Revelation 22:17 I love that verse and the spirit and the bride say come and let him that hear say come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely Anyone who wants salvation could have it if they'll just come. Anyone can. Anyone can have the blessings of God if they'll come. If you want to get saved, where do you have to go? You have to go where salvation's at, through Jesus Christ. If you want the blessings of God, I believe one of the best places to find them is in the house of God. And I I encourage you to get involved wherever you can. I, the, the Montgomerys. I believe, you know, I know you all been you've been serving Help Brother Houston now for several years, and I've you know, your your heart it, you've been you've been serving the Lord. You're planning on continuing to serve the Lord. You know, now you're gonna you know, take it a step further, going start in something new on your own. All the responsibility is going to be on you, and uh, it's it's going to be some work. But you're gonna you're gonna see these things, and boy, it's going to be exciting as you see the Lord work and as you see the Lord open doors. And why are these things happen? You're in the presence of God, in the work of the Lord. That's where the action is at. So with that, I want us all stand together tonight. Our heads bowed and eyes closed.